Global Crisis Bible Prophecy Health and Preparedness You're just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch Father in heaven, we ask for a special blessing from your Holy Spirit right now that our minds would receive your truth and understand and discern the signs of the times. We know that your your word is truth and prophecy is being fulfilled now. And so we pray that you'd give us clarity and most importantly, a love for your word and a love for Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. I'm Scott Ritzema, your host for another 30 minutes of news and information of world events, current events, but most importantly, understanding these from a biblical and Christian standpoint. For example, when we read out of Reuters that the European Union is in danger of breaking apart, unless France and Germany in particular work harder to stimulate growth and employment and heed citizens' concerns, French Prime Minister Manuel Valls said in the German capital on Thursday. Now, did you catch what he said? The European Union is in danger of breaking apart. Now, the word union in European Union is good salesmanship. It's good marketing, but there really isn't much union to speak of, especially after the Brexit this past summer when the British people voted to leave the European Union and each nation state still retaining a modicum of sovereignty and autonomy of action. Well, they've been trying to undermine that, undermine the homogeneity of the nation states of Europe. In the words of Peter Sutherland, one of the globalist architects of the European Union, the goal is to create that super state that I've talked about at the, on the broadcast at great length. But once again, another sign of fractures in the European Union and they're raising the alarm bell. Oh, no, our great project of the unification, the reunification of divided Rome. Does this sound like Daniel 2 talk? They're fearful that the reunification project is breaking apart, in the words of French Prime Minister, who spoke this past week. Now, that reminds me that Bible prophecy is sure and certain, because Daniel said that after Nebuchadnezzar received his dream about the four kingdoms of the ancient empires that would follow in succession one after the other, and that the last kingdom of the four, which we know as Rome, would not be conquered, but would be divided, and that it would remain divided until the close of time, and they would attempt to cleave, attempt to unite and reunite, but it wouldn't work. So we're seeing that today once again. It's pretty exciting to see Bible prophecy fulfilled in the headlines. Now, when we also think of Bible prophecy, we think of Revelation 13 and the coming persecution of God's people because we are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus, as it says in Revelation 14, verse 12. So if you are a commandment-keeping Christian who loves Jesus, and Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments, then 
there is persecution coming. Revelation 13 talks about that time where there will even be death decrees and no buy, no sell laws for those who do not worship the beast, those who commit to worshiping God and worshiping God God's way. And why do I bring this topic up? Well, this news report out of Breitbart caught my attention. Cities in Switzerland are considering banning the distribution of the Koran in an attempt to crack down on radical Salafists proselytizing on the streets. Swiss authorities have been pushed to act after the German government launched raids on 200 sites, Islamic sites, in a probe against the Salafist group, The True Religion, as they call themselves. So that's two news items in one. Massive raids of nearly 200 sites of Islamic, um, what you might call uh, religious groups that are not uh, ecclesiastical, but groups nonetheless that subscribe to the Islamic faith. And in Germany, they've got that crackdown taking place because these are people that are undermining the authority of the state and there's all sorts of jihadist mentality there. And so you might say, well, there's some legitimate reasons for the civil government to be concerned about a lot of what's happening with the large portions of the Islamic religion that tend toward these violent ideologies, not to say that all Muslims, of course, uh, subscribe to those things, but that's what's happening, the raids, and in Switzerland, cracking down on handing out the Koran and proselytization. Uh, they say we're, they're, they're considering banning, proselytizing, and handing out the Koran. Now, as a Christian, I'm not really excited to see Korans being distributed, but we also believe in freedom of religion, freedom of conscience, and the, the mere act of distributing religious literature, of course, falls in America under the First Amendment, free, freedom of exercising your religion. And so if we're going to think about that future when Christianity, true biblical Christianity, will be persecuted by the counterfeit so-called Christianity, really it's apostate Protestantism unified with Romanism of the old world and spiritualism and demonic activities. I know I'm saying a lot of things that you're like, what in the world is he talking about? Be sure to visit BibleProphecyTruth.com. There's a lot there. There's a big background to what I just said about this final push of persecution coming from religious and spiritualist and demonic forces in our world. But that's real. That's Bible prophecy and it's coming. And so there are precedent-setting phases happening right now where you find unpopular religious groups which have violent strains to them and you crack down on them first. That sets the precedent and gets us used to the idea of mass raids of religious groups and the banning of proselytizing and religion itself, particularly dogmatic fundamentalist religions, start to all get thrown into this basket of deplorable people who are hateful and violent and all these things in the mindset of the propagandist elite who are seeking to crack down ultimately on commandment-keeping Christians. So how does that relate? That's it's, it's one, then the other. It's the precedent, then the fulfillment. So right now, we have quite a bit of freedom, and I am so grateful for that. But my friends, that freedom's not going to last for long. It won't be soon after the crackdown on Islamic people before the crackdown on Christians comes. 
In fact, in a lot of ways, it's already beginning as religious freedom is starting to vanish in many places of the world completely and in the West step by step. So what is the lesson? First of all, Bible prophecy is being fulfilled. Second of all, we are getting closer to those final events of Bible prophecy, which means thirdly and most importantly, now is the time to connect our hearts with Jesus, to behold him on the cross in the heavenly sanctuary, to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself, which means while the day lasteth, let us do the work of God, of sharing truth, because it's not going to be easy. Our way will be hedged up in the near future. There will be laws. There will be prohibitions. They're already happening. So get out there with those books, those tracts, those Bible studies. Do what we can now while we can. Which reminds me, by the way, there's this movie that came out. The hero from Hacksaw Ridge. It's just called Hacksaw Ridge. There's this wonderful book that has been distributed. People are handing it out at theaters and so on to the moviegoers. And it's called The Hero of Hacksaw Ridge. And it's a book about the true story of Desmond Doss, the man who's featured in that movie that Hacksaw Ridge is all about Desmond Doss and his life. And now, just to be super clear, you might know me as the media on the brain guy who's always preaching about how we should not be involved with Hollywood and supporting and partaking of that worldly aspect of this fallen world. So when I bring up the movie Hacksaw Ridge, please understand, I don't endorse us going as Christians going to see R-rated movies or renting them or watching them in any place. It's not good for a Christian to be partaking of these things. So not an endorsement of the movie or the filmmaker and his religious viewpoints. So there's a whole lot of worldliness involved with that. But here we are as Christians in a in a wonderful position. The most popular and the, what the what the critics are saying is the best military film since the famous award-winning Save It Saving Private Ryan. This film is the film of the year, okay? And it's about a Christian who was a military hero in World War II a non-combatant who refused to kill but only wanted to save life and put his own life on the line. I mean, what an unbelievable analogy of Jesus Christ and what he did for us, sacrificing his life so that we could live. And the world, everybody from all religions are, are, are going to see this movie. They're inspired by the story of Desmond Doss So, my friends, while the day lasteth and we have freedom, let's get that book, The Hero of Hacksaw Ridge. Get a bunch of them. Start handing them out to everybody because everybody knows what this movie is. If they haven't seen it, they're talking about it. If they're not talking about it, they're hearing people talking about it. It is the most popular thing in America right now, now that the election is over. Everybody was talking about that and still the news is covering that to a great degree. But this is the time. Move, move on that one real quick. While the iron is hot, strike with gems of truth and tidbits of life and the garment of righteousness of Jesus Christ 
and the eye salve that they might see the truth of the gospel. Now, this one from the New York Post. This was a sad one. This is under the heading Cultural Collapse Disorder, which is actually a session title in the forthcoming Second Beast Rising series that I've been recording in recent weeks. Our culture is absolutely sick, right? I mean, we're getting that. That's a fulfillment of Bible prophecy, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And so under the heading Cultural Collapse Disorder, as I would like to call it, um, the New York Post reports, determined to banish wrinkles and hyperpigmentation once and for all, try smearing blood on your face. German orthopedic surgeon Barbara Sturm, known as the mother of the vampire facial, a treatment favored by bold facers such as Kim Kardashian. Oh, there's a red flag for you. That involves spreading a layer of the patient's plasma on the face, then using needles to inject it deeper into the skin, has created a $950 face cream infused with proteins from each user's blood. The cream has won over celebrities and beauty editors alike. Editor Emily Ferber called the cream the best thing I've ever put on my face. Cher and others have sung the praises of this Mrs. Stern, the creator of this blood cream. And, uh, of course, you have to fly to Germany to get it, or, or you can find her at one of her visits when she comes to the United States. And they're about to mass market this. Is your stomach turning a little bit? We'll be right back and recover from it in a moment. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher, and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. What does it take to raise spiritually strong young people in our homes? Well, the George Barna research results are in. Parents who have had actual measurable success, who have raised their children to become solid Christian young adults... These parents were almost always theologically conservative, meaning they actually believe the Bible is true, and they spent time studying their Bibles. Makes sense, right? If we don't love the scriptures, why would our children love the Bible? Any parents with children in the home need to know this. Write down the DVD title and share it with them right away. It's called How to Raise the Remnant. Now more than ever, Parents are in desperate need of solid biblical counsel to guide us back to God's plan for raising godly children in these last days. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend. Who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. And we're back. This is Scott Ritzema with the 11th Hour Dispatch radio program. 13 more minutes of news coming right up, but before we get into that, I want to mention the website, and the website is 11thHourDispatch.com, and the new series, Second Beast Rising, is coming very, very, very soon. It's been a long wait. It's a long series. It's very thorough. It's a deep and adventurous 
journey into Bible prophecy, current events, the global crisis that is upon us on every front. And we will see how soon we are to the final events of Bible prophecy in that series. A 24-disc set, three volumes, Second Beast Rising. And a lot of the information you hear on the program is the type of information that we get into in a systematic and in-depth fashion. There is a session called Cultural Collapse Disorder, as I mentioned before the break, and the news item before the break really summed that up well. Like, seriously, we are putting blood on our faces as facial cream that's $950 for a for a bottle of it that's not only disgusting but uh, profligate and absurdly insane in terms of the expense outlays and weird right i mean what are we doing but let's flip this around this is a beautiful analogy as weird as it is of the blood of jesus christ that we need applied to us. We need the blood applied in the sanctuary, if you will. And we are the sanctuary. We are the temple of God. The ancient priests used to apply the blood of the lamb in the sanctuary and then cleanse the sanctuary of the sins. What does the blood represent? The life is in the blood, the Bible says. And so when we ha- when we partake of the communion and we drink the, symbolically speaking, we ingest into our heart and mind and soul and spirit and thoughts and motives the blood, but the life of Christ. What are we doing? Well, we're being transformed. It is no longer I who live, but I have the life of Christ in me. Let's dwell on that. And we will have a transformation. The more we think of the beautiful analogies in the Bible For Jesus, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Behold the lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Crux.com, a Catholic news source, reports, Catholic and Lutheran churches pledge to work for shared Eucharist. Yes, you heard that right. Lutheran, as in Martin Luther, the founder of the Protestant Reformation, who started the break-off from the Dark Ages Roman Catholic control system in Europe, he said, let's read our Bible in our own language. Let's understand Bible truth and doctrine from the Bible, not from the dictates and proclamations of man and traditions. Let's have salvation through faith and through grace, which the Bible says, not through the works of man or the sacraments of the church that martin luther his the church named after him the lutheran church is working with the catholic church for a shared eucharist what does that mean a common mass a mutual unified communion service Pope Francis and the global Lutheran leader have jointly pledged to remove the obstacles to full unity between their churches, leading eventually to shared Eucharist. And their goal is to have that by the October 31st, 2017, 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. Now, I am celebrating and proclaiming, and hopefully we continue to advance 
the principles of that great Protestant Reformation in this epic and climactic 500th anniversary, 500th anniversary of Martin Luther starting the Protestant Reformation on October 31 of 1517. This is something to celebrate. This is something to hail. But what they're trying to do is end it. Let's use the 500th anniversary to end the Protestant Reformation. That's kind of like saying we've got an anniversary of America's founding. Let's use it to just end the principles of the Constitution and Declaration of Independence. We don't have an anniversary coming up of any significance. We had the bicentennial in 1776. I remember growing up with those quarters, uh, the bicentennial quarter. That was a special a special from the U.S. Mint, and that was something we celebrated, right? Because it was a good thing. The Protestant Reformation, also a good thing, coming out of the Dark Ages with the tortures and the inquisitions and the Bible being locked away in a Latin tongue and all of the horrific evils that secular and religious and everybody who studies history acknowledges. The Reformation was a part of a growing awakening, an enlightenment, a a renaissance, if you will, speaking of the word broadly, a a revival of knowledge, uh, the development of scientific understandings, the printing press. It It was an assertion of humanity to say, hey, let's have some liberty. Let's have some freedom. Let's have some knowledge. And the spiritual applications of that were even more important than those historical themes. Salvation to the souls of men. Breaking away from and exposing the deceptions of Antichrist. I mean, you can't get something more celebratory than that. It is the lifting up of Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the Reformation. I want to celebrate that even more than the Bicentennial of the United States was celebrated. But they're going to be celebrating it by ending the Protestant Reformation, apparently. And the Pope Francis recently held an ecumenical meeting of various Christian denominations, by the way. And I am sad to report also that all Christian, many Christian denominations, I'll just put it this way, denominational representatives of churches that might surprise you, who are the most staunch of Protestant, actually had a representative there as well. And it was called the Conference of Secretaries of Christian World Communions in Rome from the 11th to the 13th of October. And the Pope at this meeting stated, and by the way, appearing at a meeting isn't necessarily an indication, you know, you don't want to jump too far into, you know, freaking out about something. When people are making agreements and saying we're going to have common bonds and equally yoked and signing mutual theological understandings that those are the directions that are very dangerous Uh, but frankly we shouldn't even be appearing at these meetings i'll just put it bluntly but here's what the pope said when this this so you're going to notice what's what is the 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 world uh, trend that's going to move us toward the unity of all the churches what world events are happening right now that are especially catalyzing a, a a a pulling together of all of the Christian churches under the Pope of Rome, under the auspices of his leadership and the mother church? So here's what he said. Listen, when terrorists or world powers persecute Christian minorities or Christians, they do not ask 
Are you Lutheran? Are you Orthodox? Are you Catholic? Are you Reformed? Are you Pentecostal? No. You are Christian. They recognize one only, the Christian. The enemy is not wrong. He recognizes where to find Jesus, and this is the ecumenism of blood. That's a phrase that Pope Francis has used before. The ecumenism of blood. Terrorists and terrorism is a tragic and violent and evil thing in that it extinguishes life and seeks to spread religion through violence and jihadist terroristic evil and darkness. And in addition to that, just horribly heart-sickening fact of our world, it's having a reaction within Christianity where what the Pope said here is it's an ecumenism of blood. We, Christians of all denominations, are persecuted. The most persecuted religion in the world today is Christianity and predominantly at the hands of radical Muslims. And again, that's not all Muslims, but it's it's a terroristic thing. This same Pope said what's happening in Europe is an Arab invasion and we have to reassert our cultural roots of Christianity. So you see the, the, the problem created by the devil and then the solution offered by the devil. It's, a, it's, it's, it's quite a plot of evil. It's a sophisticated program. Create the problem and then offer the solution. Create the chaos and then offer the order, order out of chaos. And that would be a new world order, a new religious order of unification, ecumenism. All of the churches coming together, and he calls it an ecumenism of blood. Because we can all unite and raise our voices as one Christian body under the Vatican against this terroristic evil. By the way, he also recently said, this was out of Crux, also the website, the Catholic news source, Pope Francis on Sunday called for the faithful not to be driven by end times curiosities or apocalyptic preachers. So we want to all come together, but don't listen to people that are preaching the apocalypse, which is revelation. The word revelation is apocalypsis. Don't, don't listen to people that are preaching about, are curious about the end times or are preaching apocalypse, revelation. He says, those who follow Jesus pay no heed to prophets of doom. Uh, Well, what about the biblical prophets who prophesied doom upon Israel and Judah when the Assyrians and then subsequently the Babylonians came and took them captive? What about John the Baptist when he said the axe is laid at the root of the tree and every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire? I mean, these are prophets of doom kind of messages and and, and John in Revelation says some, some pretty strong things and if you are not in Christ they would lead to fear the ungodly are filled with fear in the last days so he says people shouldn't be no frightening sermons no prophets of doom you know to the worldling Revelation is a scary book. To the Christian, we lift up our heads for our redemption draweth nigh, while men's hearts fail them for fear for what is coming upon the earth. But did you notice? We're all coming together, the ecumenism of blood. We're going to have a common communion, Lutherans and Catholics. We want to get everybody to these meetings that we can, hopefully pulling people from all denominations into this deception. 
And we know that the remnant church stays true in the last days. Those who have the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. We know that that remnant church stays true. But there is a shaking happening. There is people in Babylon who are coming into the truth. This is a time of of flux. Where will you be found? Will you be found heeding the voice of deception saying, pay no attention to the prophecies of doom? Peace, peace, when there is no peace, is what the Bible says is a deceptive message. Will we buy into the ideology of unity in error? Or will we unify with those who have their sights set on the Bible and Jesus Christ alone? That's where we must fix our eyes in these last days. We'll see you next time. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. We need to look at music and spiritualism. A musician named William Ora stated the following, that people knew eons ago that polyrhythms can be used for hypnotic induction, for altered states of consciousness. So he's saying basically what we would call spiritualism, hypnotic trances. These things can be induced by what he calls polyrhythms. And he says, for thousands of years in pagan cultures around the world, people have been engaged in forms of worship that are highly rhythmic. Poly, that means many rhythms. Richard Hodges explains the intricate layers of the multiple rhythmic drumming, the primary source of occult power to the voodoo practitioner. Multiple rhythmic drumming. Brought to you by Belt of Truth Ministries.org.